hi there, my name is Willie Russo and you're listening to Interview with an Artist, the show where we speak with a range of art world players. Have you ever thought about starting a workshop? I know a lot of artists contemplate running workshops as a way to share the joy of art with others and also supplement their income. Well, this week I'm chatting with two artists who have done just that. Brisbane-based Emily Day and Kate Quinn started Bloom Art Experiences in early 2021. Far from paint-by-numbers or paint-and-sip type experiences, every workshop is in a beautiful location where each participant paints something unique. They make running a workshop sound fun and easy. And fun, I'm sure there's elements of that, and easy, I'm sure it's not. In today's episode of Interview with an Artist, we talk about many things, including how they met and whose idea it was to start Bloom, the highs and lows of running workshops with the likes of people who maybe haven't ever painted before, or on the flip side, those who studied years ago and are just picking up the brush again, how organising and running Bloom impacts on their own practice, and individually, what they're hoping for out of their own art in the years to come. Emily and Kate are the perfect example of the power of just giving something a go. Kate even talks about this at the end of the interview, the power of asking, the power of trying, the power of just putting yourself out there and seeing what happens. If you're interested in learning more about their practice or checking out Bloom Art Experiences, head on over to their respective Instagrams, Emily Day and Kate Quinn, and also Bloom Art Experiences. Interview with an Artist is hosted and produced by me, Willie Russo along with championing the arts through this podcast and my radio work at 2SER 107.3 FM, I'm also an artist mentor. I work with artists from a variety of stages and backgrounds, helping them figure out the right next step in their artistic practice. I have a monthly newsletter you can sign up to and also provide one-on-one mentoring. If you're looking for some advice navigating your artistic practice, book a session today via my website at wilhelminarusso.com. Now, let's meet... Emily Day and Kate Quinn from Bloom Art Experiences. Kate Quinn, Emily Day, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist. How are you? Thanks, Willie. We're good. Thank you, Willie. Thanks for having us. You have recently launched Bloom Art Experiences over the last 12 months, and we're going to dig into that. But before we get into any of that, tell me, I want to know each how you got into art in the first place and Emily maybe let's start with you yeah sure so painting has been something I've been doing since I was a child and I think I'm just so lucky that my parents saw very early on that I just gravitated towards anything creative um so instead of getting me to do whatever else my other siblings were doing they got me to do art classes every week (laughs) so that was just the absolute best thing that could ever happen because it was just this time of learning pastels and pencils and different types of paint and yeah just amazing and I just remember so much of um, those kind of lessons and then I sort of went to school uni studied architecture sort of didn't really you know didn't have time for art sort of did a little bit on the side and then, yeah, COVID happened. Well, actually, no, my husband and I went traveling and we were traveling around Australia for six months um, in our van. And I've been just talking about wanting to pursue art full time. And he just said, stop talking about it and just do it. <laughs> um, and so on that van trip, I started painting full time and then got back 
COVID had happened. So there were no architecture jobs for me. And so I just jumped into it. So I'm one of the classic COVID artists, <laughs> really. Wow. Oh, my God. But you, you've been painting for decades now. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly acrylic paints as well. So it was kind of funny to do a full circle back to and still life as well. And florals was sort of my main thing that I painted as a child. So it's a full circle moment, really. And Kate, tell us, how did you get into painting? I'm a COVID uh painting story as well sort of <laughs> I think most if you ask any creative any artist how they started they almost always tell you that they've always had some sort of creative uh, itch they need to scratch that's definitely me like I've always had some sort of creative project on the go like when I was in high school I used to go home for the holidays and sew clothes obsessively uh, and then I had a, a bit of a painting phase after uni um, but that didn't last very long. But I always did had some sort of project. And then about 10 years ago or so, I was obsessed with Laura Jones's work and I just thought she makes it look really easy and it's not. But I thought, I surely I can do that. And so I went and took some painting classes trying to be Laura Jones and found that it's actually really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then Laura's really good. So I painted as a hobby just on the side for probably six years and then um just before COVID I started painting more regularly and going to a regular art class and just doing it every week and then um yeah around the time COVID hit I started an Instagram account I won the jumbled art superstar comp and it just sort of blew up and got a life of its own and I didn't plan oh yeah how did you happen yeah how did you feel when the jumbled thing happened because that's a that's a big deal I nearly died. I thought I was so sure that I would never win. I'd forgotten I'd even entered it and they rang me and I thought I must have like tagged a friend to win a tea towel. You know, those sort of Instagram comps where you tag someone and you win something. So Pip and Jess are ringing me and I was trying to remember who I've tagged and what I've won. Like, you know, is it a pair of shoes? And then, and then I was saying, you're the jumping art superstar and I literally I think I went into like a um like a bit of three month long anxious panic because I didn't have an ABN I didn't have a business bank account I had nothing anyway so from that day onwards I turned it into a business because I had to you were like oh, I'm here for it I'm here for it Emily, was there a moment with your career so far that you're like, oh yeah, okay, this is this has got some momentum, this is going somewhere? I think probably there are two answers to that question. And probably one is, which I suppose is more of an ego thing, but the recognition from galleries, I think was really important. Um, but I think even more than that was, I think, I mean, Instagram as well for me was just vital in sort of growing my business. And I think just connecting with collectors. And I think when I started to get a lot of messages of people saying, I've never bought a piece of artwork before, this is my first piece I've ever bought, that became a really strong thread between the people that were collecting my art. And so I sort of thought like, oh, wow, like, this is a really beautiful thing that I'm doing. And it sort of, yeah, spurred me along even more. How did you two meet? 
Actually, online dating. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much was online dating. Actually, Kate, Kate always says she was the creepy, you know, older mother. Single um, one. Yes. <laughs> that sort of dropped into my DMs. But it was, no, it wasn't like that at all. It was, we just started following each other and like many artists on Instagram do, who are so supportive of one another, um, we just started commenting on each other's photos and, yeah, one and we worked at, we were both in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, I think maybe yeah. did I start a um, a little Brisbane creative yeah, sort of yeah, Instagram art group and we would um, yes, catch up occasionally and I think that's where we first yeah. met. We both yeah. went along to it, not really knowing anyone. Yes. So Kate is sort of like the mother hen, um, yeah, coordinating everyone, bringing everyone together. And Being No, no, no. <laughs> and, yeah, so then we just started meeting up for those and then sort of kicked off from there. And who suggested Bloom Art Experiences to who? Well, it was really Kate's idea. You came to me mm-hmm. one night and you said, um, oh, we need to do a workshop in Rocky. Yeah, I think it was just one of those luck things. So um, my friend Claire, um, who I went to school with, opened up an Airbnb in Rocky called Liberty Cottage. And she said to me, oh, why don't you come up and do an art class? And then I think I must have said, oh, look, it's too hard to run a big class on my own. I, I could bring another artist. Maybe I could bring Emily. Um, and so we were making plans with Claire for this sort of art workshop. And as we were planning it, we just kept messaging each other constantly going, oh, we can actually, you know, have an Instagram for this and <laughs> we can give it a name and we can apply this that we're organising for Rocky. We could do this in other settings and... Like who else do we know that yeah. has a great Airbnb or great space? Or... Yeah. And we were like, ping, 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 ping. And we had 50 messages a day on three different media channels. Yeah, yeah. email, Instagram, text, call. <laughs> and then and then within about two days, we're yeah. like, I, get, I think we've got a business. Yeah. Kate said, what about Bloom? I think that's great. And I was like, yep, I love it. It's punchy. It means a lot of things. And we just fleshed it all out really quickly. Yeah, because we were like, people can bloom. At, it's also not just that bloom and we paint flowers, but yeah. people bloom because people come to our classes quite nervous and thinking that they can't paint and to see them sort of bloom at an art class does yeah. actually feel really lovely. And also Kate started, um, she has classes at home in her home studio. So, yeah, teach, like, things that you've learned from that. Yeah. You sort of applied and we sort of multiplied it to have a bigger group. And so Bloom Art Experiences, they're one-day workshops, is that correct? Yep. Give us the give us the elevator pitch of Bloom Art Experiences. <laughs> so I think what makes them unique, because we've both done lots of different art classes and they're often lovely, but you might have a great teacher, but not in a nice environment. Or it might be a nice environment, but you're all everyone's painting Frida Kahlo at a paint and sip or whatever. So we felt like there was a space in the market for yeah, <laughs> which is very fun. But oh, yeah, we just fun, went for a different yeah plan. <laughs> well, we just thought, what would we want to do? So what we would want is to paint something lovely have really kind and supportive teachers, that's important, to be in a beautiful environment and to have good food and good wine. And so they're kind of our, is that, is that yeah. Yeah, they're our key yeah. factors when we're trying to plan a bloom is that it has to meet all of those criteria. 
and small classes. Yeah. Everyone um, paints something different, which is a really important thing. So rather than everyone painting the same thing, everyone paints a different arrangement. So the principles that we teach are the same, but we really try and tailor it, tailor the experience. So we'll say, to, you know, what colours do you, are you drawn to? How do you dress? How do, what does your house look like? Do you like bright colours? Do you like neutral colours? Let's, you know, make sure that you can hang this in your home when you're done. Yeah, that is lovely, right? Because, yeah, I think the whole... I guess as an absolute amateur myself, yeah, it's either the paint and sip experience or I look at other kind of art experiences and I'm like, oh God, no, I'm actually not, I'm not experienced enough or I'm not at a level where I would be suitable for that class. But for your particular workshops, what range of people do you get in there, Emily? Like, is it, is it mainly people who've never picked up a brush or is it a real mix mostly people that have never picked up a brush but we also have a lot of people that maybe they did an art degree 20 years ago and they haven't picked up a brush since then or they are a hobby artist you know they might do a couple of paintings a year but they haven't been able to find the time to sort of sit down and really really hone and practice their practice their craft um Maybe it's someone that paints in acrylics and they really want to try and learn oils with Kate. Or maybe it's the other way around. They're really comfortable with oils, but the thought of acrylic and how quickly they dry kind of freaks them out. And so they want to sort of learn techniques about how to manage that. Um, so a bit of a mix. Yeah. yeah. It's probably too simple for an advanced or professional artist. Um, but, yeah, anyone from a complete beginner through to a sort of hobby artist, um, it's a really yeah. good fit for. Yeah. And as Kate sort of said before, we yeah. have most people turning up who are beside themselves with nerves. And um, it's really good because they tell us and we actually say, like, I know that a lot of you are probably going to be very nervous, but please be rest assured that we do our absolute best to make you feel relaxed and welcome, especially people that come on their own. We've had so many people that will fly to a destination, they'll hire a car, they will come on their own and we work really hard at sitting people together and making sure they're not just, you know, shoved on the end of the table and forgotten about. So, yeah, we just try and make sure we sort of tailor the experience yeah. to everyone. Kate, what would you say the biggest thing that surprised you about running the workshops? probably the quality of the art people are producing because I've done one-on-one -on -one classes at home, um, which is slightly easier because I just, they have my full attention. But when we did our first one in Rocky, I was a bit nervous about how I could get around to seven or eight people at a time, but we've just worked out a formula. And every time Emily and I do one, we refine it a little bit and work out what works and what doesn't. And so we've got it down to a pretty fine art now. And the students, without fail, produce beautiful paintings that you would be happy to hang on your wall. And also, I think the, the connections, the amazing connections yes, that people have yes. made. So, you know, for example, one bloom, we had a group of women um, by chance, they'd all recently gone through a separation and they got talking. And next thing you know, they were having this beautiful sort of sharing session and painting and talking about what's going on for them in their lives. And it's kind of like art therapy. Um, and we've had, yeah, people, uh, another one, we had two young women who both liked, were both hobby artists. 
they came on their own they happened to be seated together and they're now friends and they yeah and we thought they were friends like we sort of forgot they'd arrived separately and then at the end of the class they were sort of exchanging details and we were sort of like that's right they didn't know each other before today <laughs> Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. yeah, it's more than painting. It's actually a really therapeutic day of actual self-care for people. Emily, what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges? Probably the logistics, I suppose, of knowing how much paint to pack, how to pack it, how to um, safely get it from A to B, especially if we're going on flights um how to organize tables and chairs you know we've we've worked with some amazing hosts um but sometimes you know that needs to be planned from afar um yeah I think all of those sort of logistics uh which Kate is really good at maybe that's just a challenge for me so no it's hard (laughs) it's hard work you have to think of everything yeah also yeah. standing all day. Yeah, the, physicality, <laughs> the physicality took us by surprise for sure. We could not believe how tired yeah. we were. We are wrecked yeah. after a bloom work <laughs> a couple of days because we stand all day and then we bend over to help people 200 times, you know, yeah. an hour. Yeah. And so by the oh end my of gosh. the day, we're, yes. we're wrecked. We can't, you can't even move one little bit. Your feet feel like they want to fall off. It's, yeah. <laughs> surprising how do you balance bloom art experiences and then your own practice maybe you first Emily that's been very sort of trial and error really um I think it was a lot more involved at the start Mm -hmm. I'd say I feel like we spent a lot of time because you know the things that you set up at the start you know like the website and the graphics in Canva for all of the sort of um, things to post online, um, email templates, all of those sort of things. Yeah, it was a lot in, at the start. So I think we're quite good at balancing it now. And we both sort of bounce off each other a lot. We sort of take on different roles and then we sort of make sure we there's a little bit of overlap so that things don't get missed. But yeah, it, it was it was quite challenging to, to sort of find that balance at the mm-hmm. start. But we sort of knew what we were getting into. So it was all very exciting. It was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And then you'll do this. And then I'll do this and you do this. The questions we ask every episode, one of you is going to answer first and then the other person kind of gets a bit of a rest and then they'll have to answer. So um, I'm going to go through all of them first with you, Emily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Kate, you can get to think a little bit. <laughs> and, um, and then I'll go. Oh. <laughs> Emily, do you remember the first piece you sold? I'm not sure if I got money for this, but when I was a kid, my parents had this really funny thing where all their friends turned 40 and I would just do paintings for them um, and they would give them to them as presents. I don't think I got paid for them, but um, that's okay. (laughs) But when... Oh, my God, that's so sweet. That was so sweet. I think probably my best friend's parents commissioned me for a piece but when I was a hobby painter. So it would be them. But the first piece I sold as a full-time artist was this beautiful woman called Jane. She just found me on Instagram and I sent it when I was traveling around Australia and I just couldn't believe that she trusted me with, yeah, wanting my work. So I will always remember her. What time do you start in the studio? 
oh, I'd love to be that person that's in there at 6am, but I'm not. And it took me a while to just realize that I need to start mid-morning, um, probably 9.30, 10 o'clock. What do you do to get out of a creative funk? Well, first of all, I probably work out, am I in a creative rut because I'm procrastinating and feeling a bit lazy and just a bit uninspired? Then I'll sort of do some little study pieces or get outside and go for a walk or buy new flowers or something like that to kind of reinvigorate the imagination. Um, Or sometimes I'm just burnt out and I just need to step away entirely for two days or something, which is very hard, but you just need to tell yourself it's okay. It'll it'll come back eventually. So just working out what side of it I am. Who's your biggest fan? If I don't say my mum, she'll get really upset. (laughs) My parents are so supportive and she truly is. Very, a very big fan, like to the point where I'll produce something terrible and she thinks it's beautiful. Um, and also my husband as well. He's just such a great support and um, has always really encouraged me to sort of keep going. Um, so, yeah, they probably fight it out, those two. How would you describe your relationship with social media? Oh, I used to absolutely love it. And, I mean, I have a lot to thank Instagram for. I just think it was just the best thing for me to connect with people um, and other artists as well. Um, I think recently everyone's going through a bit of a sort of love-hate relationship with Instagram in particular, the algorithm, and it's just, it feels very different. It feels really different. Um, So at the moment it's a complicated relationship. And I think I'm trying to spend less time on there, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So it's a hard balance to sort of feel like you have an online presence and be connected with people and always commenting and replying to messages while also having a healthy kind of boundary. So I'm still figuring that out. I'm not sure. So very complicated. Yeah, <laughs> complicated. It's the complicated love yeah. affair. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with your inner critic? Oh, I talk it out with someone. I find I just need to verbalize it. Usually my husband just deals with me at midnight when I'm sort of like, oh, everything's terrible and I'm never going to sell a painting and I'm going to have to go back to architecture and I'm having a panic attack. And <laughs> and he kind of just talks me down. Or Kate and I talk a lot and I have some other artist friends as well that we call each other up and sort of just talk about our worries. So And most, they're usually all the same, really. Do you do commissions? Yes, I do. I love doing commissions, which sound, which is probably quite different to some people. I love them. Are you crazy? Okay, you love them. Tell us why you love them. I'm probably just very lucky. I feel like I've just had some really beautiful stories where people have sent me why that you know someone's mother passed away and what all always bloomed um, around her birthday, and so I painted that for her. Or there's just like beautiful stories like that. A lot of people that have gifted it for themselves and it's the first piece of art they've bought. Or yeah, just the lovely stories. I love hearing the stories behind things. And I think I've worked quite hard at honing down sort of a brief from people. Maybe that's related to my architecture days, like really trying to get a strong brief and putting in sort of boundaries on time and what I can produce and like what style and things like that to sort of set the expectation maybe. Uh, But I just love the stories. I love the stories. And I just get so curious about where my paintings end up. So 
it's quite nice. But they do need to be balanced out. I feel like I took on too many commissions last year and that became very overwhelming. So definitely a balance. If you could spend one day in the studio with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, I think I have to say Margaret Ollie. That might be a bit cliche, but I just think she just seemed to be this warm and quirky character and just being in her studio would just be so amazing. And she seemed to be very supportive of emerging artists. I just feel like she would be a good one to chat to and get advice from. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that she's like, I never clean. Like, she's never clean. Yeah, probably be a bit like, like, there's so much stuff here. (laughs) It would be a really cool experience, though. (laughs) What's the one thing in your studio you can't go without? Um, Probably since moving into a new studio, I have to say natural light, um, which sounds really obvious, but my... I used to work at my, in my old, from my dining room and it was just very dark and I didn't realise how dark it was until coming to this new space. So I'd say natural light. What's the strangest thing you've bought in the art store? Oh, I don't have a very good answer for this one. I'm very conservative (laughs) with what I buy. I normally send my husband down to the art shop so then I don't get distracted and buy things I don't need. So I send him a list <laughs> and he goes and gets Oh, me. my God, that's so strategic. I love it. <laughs> I know. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to buy lots of um, little art things for my daughter. She's only a toddler, but it's probably I probably bought some random little pens or something for her. Nothing really that interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you wish someone had told you before you got into this art gig? Uh probably trust your gut I'd say really trust your gut because there are always going to be people out there that um go question what you're doing even in the you know the most in pure intentions but they'll say oh really oh wow oh wow you're, you're doing full-time art oh wow oh that's interesting oh how are you going to manage that oh, that must be nice for you yeah, that must be nice for you <laughs> Um, so yeah, just sticking to your guns, I think, and trusting your gut. Yeah. And last question, where would you like to see your art take you in the next couple of years? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, really. I think I would like to, I really want to get back to oils. That's been one thing I've been talking to Kate about, wanting to get back into oils. And I think probably branching into more landscape work, I think. But, yeah, I need to think about more of the goals because they've sort of changed recently. Cool. All right, Kate, you've had, like, a bit of, like, percolating time. (laughs) (laughs) So good, Willie. Are you ready for them? (laughs) I am ready. Number one, do you remember the first piece you sold? I actually don't. Isn't that terrible? um, Oh, what? (laughs) You've just had, like... Yeah, I've been thinking for 10 minutes and I can't remember. But I think my sister has a graveyard of early pieces of mine. Um, everything that was unsellable, everything, everything unsellable goes to her, um, the lucky thing. So probably she maybe she bought something or gave me 20 bucks for one. Um, yeah, all my early work rests there at her house. I love it. I love it. Um, what time do you start in the studio? 
probably between eight and nine. I'm pretty routine. I get up and exercise, I have coffee, I get my kids to school. I do a really power half hour of get resetting the house and tidying up because I find I can't paint if there's chaos all around the house. It's too distracting. I'd love to have a studio outside of the house that I could go to, but I don't. So I reset the house and then I sit down by 8.30 or 9 and paint. It, on a good day, I'll be able to paint till 3 when school finishes, but often there's lots of other art admin stuff I need to do as well, so that takes a bit of time. Yeah, the good old art admin, it's always underestimated, I think, and it's never-ending. Yeah. Never-ending. I guess it's like running any business. You just you think an artist just swans around in their studio with a brush, but actually that's quite a reasonably small percentage of the time you spend. Yeah. What do you do to get out of a creative funk? I think two things. I think you've got to just sit down and start. So, you, you know, make yourself sit down and just start painting and you might not feel like it, but after half an hour or an hour, you might find that your flow comes back. So I think avoiding it is the worst thing to do. And also I find if I'm not enjoying things, I need to find um, something that I really want to paint. So if there's, um, like recently I was a bit sick of painting this series of flowers and I decided I was going to paint a cockatoo into them and I was so into that painting because I was painting this bird and it was new for me. And so, yeah, when I'm on a new thing, I just love it and I'm so excited to paint it and I can just feel all those old feelings of how exciting it is to paint come back to me. So I think that's maybe the key is to paint something you're excited to paint. The subject needs to be exciting for you for some reason. Who's your biggest fan? Well, probably my sister with the graveyard of <laughs> old bad paintings. Uh, she's always extremely supportive. Um, and I mean, I've got lots of lovely family members who are also extremely um, kind and generous and supportive of my art. Um, but probably my sister the most. And she has um, a little physio practice nearby. And so when my paintings are waiting, they're drying and waiting to go to a gallery or an exhibition, I rotate them through her practice and they hang there. And now they're also hanging at the hairdresser next door and that all of those little businesses near her um, have a rotation system of my art. Um, they're like the, the waiting, waiting gallery for where my art's going. So she's very supportive. I love that. How would you describe your relationship with social media? I would say overall I actually really like it. I quite enjoy the um, process of setting up, um, doing the photography. I really love photography and I've always been interested in that and I've done some photography short courses. So creating, you know, the flat lay and photographing my paintings with beautiful fabric and flowers, I actually enjoy that process. But, you know, of course there's bad aspects to it. I do sort of view it a bit like work, like it's part of my job. So I might paint for four hours. I might spend an hour that evening on Instagram replying to messages or posting something. It's sort of part of the job and you have to view it like that. Um, I did try to go on TikTok and I realised that I'm actually too old for TikTok, so I've closed my account down. No, you're not. No. <laughs> I couldn't work it. It was too hard and my kids were paying me out. <laughs> And so I'm just sticking to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I'm kind of failing at TikTok too, though, now that you mentioned. <laughs> you can have too many channels. It's yeah. funny. Um, yeah. It's funny. Amy Compton, who's a, a beautiful emerging artist based down in Tasmania, she was like, she she was doing that. Okay, like I'm going to go on TikTok, and she was like, oh my god, it's kind of like soft porn. Just keeps being served <laughs> to me, and she's like. 
I'm a 40 year old woman. Like, why am I being served soft porn? And so I think actually she's off it now as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do kind of, I think doing one channel well will serve you better than dabbling across multiple and just not, I don't know, I'm not yeah. being sure or not being clear because it is a time consumer, right? Oh, absolutely. There's just not enough time in the day. And I'd love to do um, more creative reels and yeah. film more stuff. I actually enjoy that, but it takes up so much time. So you have to juggle that balance. But yeah. the other nice thing about Instagram is that I have sort of online dated, you know, I've met so many other artists through Instagram and have now these sort of online relationships with people that I wouldn't have had um, that are that are really lovely. And we talk about all sorts of art stuff. And you sort of feel like you have co-workers yeah. almost. Yeah, because it's an so isolated yeah. profession we're in. So being able to message all of these yeah. artists that I admire um, is really lovely. How do you deal with your inner critic? Oh, look, it's there. It's probably getting better. I think at the start early on, it was a very loud voice. And, you know, like I had shocking imposter syndrome and thought, what am I even doing? I'm not formally trained. Who am I to be doing painting? But I think that voice is quietened down. And I think, you know, we're all just in here having a go. And I have to remind myself that not every painting is going to be amazing. You know, some of them I like a lot more than others, but I think everyone is like that. So, yeah, it is a struggle for every artist, but I think I'm getting better at managing that. Do you do commissions? Yes, I do. And I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with commissions. I don't love them as much as Emily. <laughs> I love some of them. Uh, like I've, I'm about to start um, someone's bridal bouquet and her bouquet is so stunning. It totally floats my boat and I can't wait to paint it. Other commissions, if they're flowers, I don't like as much or lots of um, intricate white petals, which are really challenging to paint. I don't enjoy them quite as much. Uh, and I've had a couple of commissions where people have started the process and then ghosted me. So I've got a lot stricter about my terms and how the commission will work. I've got a bit more business-like about that. And that's been a bit of a game changer is to just lay it out there about how this is going to run and then it's clearer for everyone. Whereas before it was like a bit of a friendly arrangement, a bit of a handshake over the internet and that's I think that's a bad idea. So I'm getting better at just making it a, um, a, a business transaction that works for both parties because it's also stressful for the person asking for the commission. You know, it can work both ways that we're both a bit worried about the same sorts of things in the commission. But they also, I think the good side of them is that those people end up being your biggest fans, your most loyal followers. Yeah, when a commission goes well, there is ve there is a very special connection with, yes. you know, the collector, the artist, the piece of work. It all means a lot to each party then, I think. Absolutely. If you could spend one day in the studio with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? I think I know who the answer uh, is. But Laura Jones, Willie. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> Laura, if you're listening, I'm here <laughs> waiting. <laughs> She's such a lovely woman. You know, if you ever come down to the Incognito Art Show, she is generally there on the door or around the show. So you could. I could see the white female. Oh my God, I love it. Um, what's the strange. Oh, what's one thing in your studio you can't go without? 
I'll probably be my metal tube bringer, which is such a boring answer. But uh, I've tried plastic tube bringers, they don't work. And I've got this metal one, uh, it's awesome. And it means that I can get every last bit of oil paint out of my tubes. And I'm also a really messy oil paint keeper. So I, I can't seem to keep the lids on my oils. I don't know why. I, I think I just don't take good enough care of them. So they dry over the top and it's a real mess. So my tube ringer gets all the rest, the last bit of oil out and I couldn't live without it. What's the strangest thing you've bought in the art store? Probably recently I went and bought some glow-in-the-dark face paint to uh, make myself into a scary character for the Halloween barbecue fundraiser at my kid's school. <laughs> I have seen your costumes and they are next level. Yeah, that, that was what it was for. I was being Dharma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You was like, I think that's just like the combination of your sewing, your artistic, like dress up, um, dress up opportunities for you are like peak moments. I, love right? I do love to dress up. What do you wish someone had told you before you got into this art gig? I don't know really, probably just to get in there and have a go and just stop worrying about it so much. Just keep painting, some will sell, some won't, and it's all going to be okay in the end. I think when you're starting, you overthink everything and you worry so much about stuff that doesn't matter. And, you know, if you don't have a try, you'll never know. So I think I would just have a, bit, have a, have a crack and just get in there, have a go at things more. That would probably be my advice to new artists. Start the Instagram, you know, get your website up. Just do it. That's great advice. And where would you like to see your art take you over the next couple of years? Well, I guess I'd like to learn new things. So recently I've been teaching myself to paint um, dogs and cats, and um, which I've been enjoying just They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> I painted Emily's dog recently. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> He's right here at my feet. <laughs> Having a sleep. He's about a thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to learn portraits. I, I see. I can't. I'm not going to be able to win the Archibald if I don't learn to paint portraits, Willie. So I'm going to have to teach myself that. I've tried it once and it was a disaster. But I'm going to keep trying. So yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to have more um, solo exhibitions to be able to sell more directly. Uh, Emily and I have got an exciting joint oh, project yeah. coming up. Uh, this year we're going to have an exhibition together which we haven't announced much about yet but yeah July next year and we're going to run it July next year okay yeah we've hired the space it's going to be very very artist run yeah it's exciting I love it and that will be in Brisbane yes it's going to be in Brisbane at La Trobe Art Space in the first week of term three uh, and it's Ooh, be... I feel like we're hearing it first. I you feel like we're hearing it first yeah. here. Okay. Yes, you are. We'll we'll reveal more more about it, but it's going to be really beautiful. Emily Day and Kate Quinn, thank you so much for joining us on Interview with an Artist, and congratulations on starting Bloom Art Experiences because it's one thing to paint and create at home, but then to take on that challenge of, like you say, getting a group of strangers into a room who are probably coming with a whole lot of baggage of <laughs> I can't paint or um, I, I want to be amazing and just the psychological management as well as the logistics and the operations it's a really big thing so that you have started it and it's being so well received huge congratulations to you both
Thank oh, you, thank Lily. you, Lily. We're a pretty good team. We work well yeah. together, and we have really um, slightly different skill sets that work that pair really beautifully together. Yeah, so, and Kate's a social worker too, so yeah. that has de- that will not be leaving you anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> but it's such a great extension of our sort of solo businesses that we can kind of come together and create something that feels quite meaningful really. Yeah. Yeah. And actually can we say, Willie, that our next bloom is in the Hunter Valley in March on the 11th and 12th of March right. um, in um, – I don't know how to say this town name, Pocolbin, Polkabin. It's a little town in the Hunter Valley. And that's going to be just beautiful because we're painting in an old wine shed overlooking the vineyards. The winemaker is going to come and service wine at lunchtime. So if people are looking for an awesome Christmas gift or just a general treat for themselves, um, the bookings are open for that now. And then we're about to release bookings for Geelong. We're coming to um, a gorgeous old bluestone cottage outside of Geelong um, on the first weekend of April. And that's going to be equally as beautiful. Oh, amazing. I will link, we'll, link to, we'll link to your website on the show notes. So if anyone listening, also they can find you on Instagram. The Instagram is Bloom Art Experiences. Is that, yeah, is that the yes, right one? Bloom underscore art underscore experiences. Awesome. We'll link all of that in the show notes. Ladies, thank you so much for your time today. Great speaking with you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. It's been so lovely.